Good evening, Australia, and hello to the rest of the world. Welcome to Under the Wire, your home for censored and suppressed information about vaccination and health. My name is Meryl Dory. I'm founder of the Australian Vaccination Network, and I'd like to welcome you to the show this evening. We're going to be going over some recent events in the area of vaccination and health freedom and just plain old liberty and uh, discussing quite a few different issues, including ways in which you can become active to help ensure that our future will be a little bit brighter than what the government, the World Economic Forum, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and many other uh, organizations and politician groups uh, actually want it to be. So I'm going to cover quite a bit of information tonight. If you're following on Rumble, I can't really see uh, I can't see if it's playing on Rumble or not. I'm hoping it is. But if you are following on Rumble, there is a link right in the description. Sorry, it's not in the description. It's the first comment. I couldn't get the description edited. And that links to a, um, a file that you can download that has all of the documents and videos that I am using in tonight's show. So you can download that for free for the next month. And uh, just feel free to, to please uh, download it. You can share the information. Uh, all of the details that I'm relying on are in that folder. So, uh, because I will be going over an awful lot of information. Um, and it's, it is a bit hard to keep up sometime. So uh, I'm hoping that I am going live, but who knows? We'll see what happens. If not, I'll upload this tomorrow. Um, in the last few days, I went to see a, uh, a seminar, whatever you want to call it, um, presented by AMPS, the Australian Medical Professional Society in Brisbane. And I also purchased tickets but haven't watched it yet, uh, a, a, a second seminar that was actually sponsored by Topher Field and his new Australian Wire. Um, and that took place in Perth. And at the event in Brisbane, there were quite a few people speaking, and the last speaker of the evening is Dr. Asim Malhotra, who you may or may not know about. Um, I'll just give you a brief bit of history. Dr. Malhotra, and I learned a bit about him um, at the event, he actually has been speaking out against over-medication for 10 years, and he hasn't made a lot of friends in the medical profession by doing that, but I don't think that um, he expected the backlash to be as severe as it was when he spoke out about vaccination uh, and specifically the COVID vaccine. Now, the reason that he decided to speak out about the risks and the ineffectiveness of this jab is because his own father, who was also a medical professional, um, took the jab, took two jabs, and after the second one passed away very unexpectedly, he was an incredibly healthy man. Uh, even though he was in his 70s, he was fit, he was active, he had no health issues, but the jab killed him. And Dr. Malhotra, after being gaslit, believe it or not, even though he himself is a doctor, he did have a lot of gaslighting, um, he actually... Uh, decided to speak out. And he was warned. He was told, if you do this, it'll be the end of your career. You could get struck off. But he did it anyway. And for that, I have a lot of respect for him. 
the one message that came out to me light, um, loud and clear from the, uh, the evening in Brisbane was that these doctors and other health professionals who have started to question uh, the COVID jab because of either the research they've done or personal experience or the experience like Dr. Malhotra had of someone uh, in his inner circle, his father, who was um, killed by the jab, they believe that the jabs that we give for COVID are somehow different from the childhood vaccines that we've been giving for 250 years, basically, um, though most of that time was only smallpox vaccination. He even, Dr. Malhotra, even had one of his slides that said, uh, comparing the classic vaccines to the COVID jabs. And there is no such thing. Though COVID jabs are far and away the most dangerous injections that medicine has ever created, um, all vaccines can cause death. All vaccines can cause permanent injury. And no vaccine can convey immunity to the person who has taken them. So again, just like with the COVID jab, it is all risk, no benefit for every other vaccine in the childhood and adult schedule. I think that uh, Dr. Malhotra needs to do a little more research into this uh, issue. And so did the other doctors who spoke that night. Um, now, as I said, he didn't speak out without risk. Um, this is an article that I found when I looked at him, and it is from the 6th of June, 2023. He was in Australia at that time, but this is from a British paper. It says, doctors threaten to sue unless the UK authorities investigate anti-COVID-19 vax cardiologist. And it says, an anonymous group of doctors have called on the GMC, which is the General Medical Council. That's the group that um, stripped Dr. Andrew Wakefield of his license, uh, to probe a doctor for, quote, promoting misleading information on COVID vaccines. Now, what misleading information? What I saw Dr. Malhotra discuss on Wednesday when I was in Brisbane, and I'm sure what he discussed at all of his other talks, was backed up 100% by peer-reviewed literature. He is a scientist. He has done research for years. He has published himself, and he knows how to research. This is not misinformation, but I have to tell you, an anonymous group of doctors, I don't believe this. I absolutely don't believe this. And if you look at the very end of the article, it says, so far, the doctors have raised over $8,470 to fund their local legal action against the General Medical Council. So they're suing the General Medical Council for not investigating Dr. Malhotra. $8,470? That's that's chicken feed. Um, what is this really saying? I think this is a made-up article myself. I think the whole thing is a lie from start to finish. Um, prove me wrong. Go ahead. Don't be anonymous. How brave these doctors are. So brave. Um, anonymous doctors who want to sue another doctor for his uh, medical opinion, for airing his medical opinion based on research from the peer-reviewed literature. Um, I don't believe it. I absolutely do not believe it. But this is the kind of crap that Dr. Malhotra has been putting up with. And, you know, props to him for not backing down and for having the courage to keep going. And I think the death of his father is his 
raison d'etre. It's his reason for doing what he's doing. Um, and, you know, I, I, as I said, I have great respect for him. Now, excuse this next meme because it is a little bit on the rude side. Um, what I do is I have zero respect for all the doctors, nurses, cardiologists, every single health professional, including natural therapists, who are seeing the devastation being caused in the community by these COVID jabs and are staying silent. Not only staying silent, there are a lot of doctors and nurses who know that these things are harming and killing, have not taken them themselves, have managed to, you know, fudge their way through. I spoke with doctors who, you know, faked uh, vaccination certificates for their friends and had their friends fake vaccination certificates for them. And they are still pushing these jabs on their innocent patients, their ill-informed patients. I have no respect for you, for shame. You really and truly should not even be allowed to be in practice. You should be in jail. Um, if you are one of these doctors, have a look at your conscience if you still have one. And you need to start doing what Dr. Malhotra and all of the other doctors um, who are actually out there being part of the solution and not part of the problem are doing. Um, I don't know how many of you out there as medical doctors know that you are harming and killing people. But if you do and you don't stop doing it, um, not only do I have no respect for you, but I hope the law catches up with you very soon. Uh, speaking of someone who deserves to have the law catch up with them very soon, Brett Sutton, um, chief health officer uh, in Victoria, uh, he has now stepped down as the chief health officer and gone to a no doubt very lucrative position working with the CSIRO as the director of health and biosecurity. God save us all with this man as the head of health and biosecurity, especially with the World Health Organization Treaty and the IHR um, staring us uh, down, the, you know, staring us down the track here. Um, this man is not to be trusted, in my opinion, and uh, I don't believe that he deserves any sort of new job. He deserves an investigation. He deserves a royal commission. And after that, he deserves to be in prison for the Victorian people who he has harmed um, beyond a shadow of a doubt. He has harmed people, um, and he needs to pay the price for that. Uh, and this is the sort of thing I wrote. A, I put this on a substack today and I said from the uh, who says crime does not pay uh, school because here he is. He was making a fortune as the Cho. And now he's going to be making, as far as I know, a fortune working at the CSIRO, um, rising to his level of incompetence, perhaps we could say. Um, and this I want to cover this a little bit, just for a minute. Um, this is a new documentary by Mickey Willis, who is the uh, person who put out Plandemic and Plandemic 2. He's a brilliant filmmaker. And this is one of the top 10 documentaries on this subject that I have ever seen. In fact, I'd probably put it in the top five. Um, it is free online. All you do is look up The Great Awakening or Plandemic 3 online and it's Plandemic. So you can see the word there, P-L-A-N-D-E-M-I-C, um, three. And 
you can share it. You can have a watch party, invite people to your house. You can do it online. Um, I really and truly urge everyone to please share this. You can download it. Mickey Willis has made it freely available. And I think if every single person were to watch this, we would never have another pandemic because we would never be fooled again. And you and I both know that very soon the government's going to try it on again. The government's going to do something, whether it's another disease or COVID coming back or mpox, monkeypox. I mean, in the United States, I just read a headline today that a second dose of the mpox vaccine will be required this northern summer. A second dose of the mpox vaccine. Give me a break. Um, nobody has died of mpox. In fact, there's no proof that mpox even exists. And I hate calling it mpox. Monkeypox, which is the same as chickenpox, which is the same as smallpox. They are all the same symptoms. And um, it is simply the government trying to put fear into people again. And if we fall for this again, we are doomed. We are literally doomed. So please share this documentary with anyone and everyone that you possibly can. It's a great one. It's a really good show to watch. Um, now, one of the speakers uh, at the Wednesday night event that I just discussed earlier was Senator Malcolm Roberts. Now, let me just, I skipped one, Senator Roberts. Ah, I see what I did. Senator Roberts has been a fearless campaigner for the truth about COVID jabs and also the truth about why the government is trying to take away our liberties, censor us. He's Senator Antic, um, uh, Senator Gerard Rennick, uh, Senator Babbitt. There are some real heroes in the Senate and in the House of Representatives as well. Not enough of them so far, but from what I understand, um, uh, doc, sorry, Dr. Malhotra uh, was in Canberra for one day and met with quite a few parliamentarians and discussed the COVID jab with them. And during those discussions, um, he actually managed to shift their thinking. Uh, and I can't tell you how important that is. We need to get the balance of the parliament actually thinking and not just acting on whatever they've been told they have to do. So this is really good. But getting back to this, um, this is from Senator Roberts' website. And as I said, all of these slides and all of these videos that I'm going to be showing, there's only two videos, but um, the slides and the videos that I'm showing are in that folder. You can find the link to the folder on the Rumble page. And tomorrow when I upload the podcast and the other videos, I will make sure that they all contain that link too so you can download it. Senator Roberts um, has been asking questions for months. Um, maybe even over a year, I'm not sure, about the decline in live births in Australia. Now, I've been writing about this in my Substack as well. What happened, and I'll show you, this is the actual table from the, um, the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And you can see that we've been keeping track. It actually goes further back, but... Um, you, you can get the link to this at the top here, and it will be in the folder as well. Uh, every month in Australia, it varies between 20 and 21 to 22,000 live births. And that's fairly consistent. It's been fairly consistent for decades. 
um, with that many live births. It's gone up to 28, 29,000, and it's gone as low as 19,000. But overall, the average has remained the same. Nine months um, after we started giving the COVID jab in February 2021, we started to see a precipitous decline in live births. In November 2021, yep, November 2021, we went from 23,000 the month before October to 18,000 the next month. That's a pretty huge decline, but it is nothing compared with the December decline, which is 16,659 live births. Just to let you know, that's a 67% decline in live births. And when attention started to be paid to this fact, an asterisk was added there. You can see it next to the figure. And the asterisk says that that number will be corrected once they have updated the database because they were behind in updating it. I don't know how far behind they were. But in general, these figures are released maybe three, four, or five months uh, behind. So in December, you'll get December's figure in May or June, usually, of the next year. So this is December 2021. So within six months, we should have had the corrected figure if the figure needed to be corrected. But it is now more than 18 months later, and this has still not been updated. So Senator Roberts, I'll just go back to that slide, has been asking questions of the Australian Bureau of Statistics. He's asked questions of the representatives in Parliament, and he's asked questions at estimates about the 67% reduction in the birth rate. I, I can't tell you how huge that is. Like... Uh, that's a sigma, I don't know, 10 event? I have no idea exactly how they figure that out. But it's, it is something that has never happened before in Australia, that there is such a huge decline in live births. And there's no curiosity as to why this is happening. In fact, um, the senators that I mentioned before tried to get a, uh, a royal commission or uh, an investigation into the excess mortality in Australia, which has gone up depending on which figures you read, 17 to 21 percent, um, which again has never happened before, not even close. The closest increase in excess mortality we have ever experienced is 3 percent. Now we've had between 17 and 21 percent, and the Senate and the House of Representatives have no interest in finding out why this is. This graph here, I don't know if you can see, it's, it's a little bit small, but Again, this, um, this graph and, and all the documents are in that folder. This is Australian live births each month between 2015 and 2021. And the navy blue uh, bar or line that you see going all the way down, that is the graph for 2021. As you can see, all the other years were fairly consistent. There was a slight decline in 2020. But not much, you know, it was it was within the range of averages. But 2021, something serious happened between October and December. And we know it. The what the government has told Senator Roberts is that his figures are not correct. 
These figures are from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. They, they're acting dumb, which I think must come as a uh, come naturally to them, uh, because they're saying we don't we don't have those figures. I don't know where you're getting those figures. And Senator Roberts replied quite rightly, "I'm getting those figures from the government, from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And if these figures are not correct, then please correct them and get back to me. As far as I know." Um, the good senator is still waiting for an answer. But meanwhile, the bottom has dropped out of the pregnancy market in Australia. And I don't know if women are simply unable to fall pregnant. Is this um, a fertility issue or are women losing their babies? Is this a, um, a miscarriage issue? I don't know. We don't have the, the information on that. But what we do know is that the number of live births um, in Australia has gone down by 67% and the government has no interest or curiosity about why. And just this little snippet as a bit of irony, this is not from Australia, this is from Scotland, but similar situations are happening in Australia. What um, the chief medical officer in Scotland is saying, he sent out, he or she, I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman, um, has sent out a letter to all the health boards in Scotland um, deferring fertility treatments for patients if they're not vaccinated against COVID-19, fully vaccinated against COVID-19, which I don't know how many that means, five, six, ten. How many jabs do you have to take to be considered fully vaccinated? Um, so we have on the one hand a very strong link between administration of this jab and either lack of fertility or miscarriage. And if you look at VAERS, openvaers.com, V-A-E-R-S, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System in the United States, you will see a huge number of miscarriages. And you will be able to read stories of many women who have lost their fertility or lost their babies after getting these jabs that we've been told are safe and effective during pregnancy, even though they were not tested for safety or efficacy during pregnancy. What else is new? The flu jab was never tested for safety or pre uh, efficacy in pregnancy before it was released. The DPAT vaccine, the Boosterix vaccine, was never tested for safety or efficacy in pregnancy. Um, and there will be more and more jabs targeting pregnant women until we reach the point where we will be in the handmaid's tale and simply unable to reproduce any further because we've been made completely infertile by these sociopaths, these psychopaths who are running um, our government, our medical authorities and organizations like the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation who say they're doing it for our own good, but they're not. They're doing it to reduce the population and to kill as many of us as they possibly can. So we have women who are being made infertile or losing their babies after taking these jabs and the government's doing nothing about it. Israel, which is a country that um, used extreme force, basically, to, uh, to get people to jab, has come out recently with um, a study. The health ministry says no young adults without pre-existing condition died of COVID-19. And they looked at people between the ages of 18 and 50. And they found not one death, unless someone had a serious pre-existing condition, not one death from COVID-19. But they've had many, many deaths in that age group 
from the jab. So what is the real risk to people? Is the risk in the jab or is the risk in the uh, disease, if the disease even exists, which has never been proved to be true. Um, respiratory infections happen all the time. We don't know if it's a cold, if it's the flu, or if it's COVID-19. Um, and it doesn't really matter because the jab doesn't work anyway. It doesn't prevent anything. It only makes people sicker. So um, if you are concerned about a young person, and that's anyone under the age of 50, getting COVID and dying from it, this study and many other um, statistics from developed countries can put you at ease in that regard. This is not a problem for people who are young and healthy. End of story. In fact, under the age of 65, the um, infection mortality rate, infection fatality rate is vanishingly low. And even over 65, it's no worse than influenza. So we've been sold a line of goods. This um, came out. Now, this is a Substack, and what I was going to say is uh, there is such great information on Substack. For those of you who don't know, Substack is basically a censorship-free blog, um, blog page where people like myself can post without having to worry about the posts getting taken down. Um, if you are interested in who to follow, find my Substack and you can see a list of who I'm following. Most of them have most of the information for free. If you feel like supporting them, I'm sure they would be very grateful if you take out a paid subscription, but you can get most of the information for free. So my Substack is Informed Choice. Dot substack .com. Um, this is uh, Macus MD, sorry. Uh, and this is a, an article about VAERS hiding child deaths. Um, what we've seen in the last couple of months is that VAERS is removed, and again, VAERS is the American Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Um, it is the best system they have, though, it's a pretty bad system. It's not any better or worse than our Dane here in Australia. But um, what has been happening is deaths and serious reactions have been scrubbed from theirs. And um, there are people who've been downloading this data every day so we know what's been taken off. And 182 child deaths after the COVID vaccines have been scrubbed from VAERS at the time this article was written. Um, it seems every week dozens to hundreds of deaths and injuries have been taken down. Thousands of injuries have been taken down, but hundreds of deaths. And you have to ask yourself exactly what does VAERS think they're going to hide? And don't they realize that people have been collecting all of this data and it will, it will still be in um, the the ability of people to access it, even if VAERS decides they want to hide it. Um, this is the sort of government um, health department they have in the United States. And the same exact thing is happening in Australia. There have been child deaths and adult deaths and injuries that have been taken down without explanation from our database of adverse event notifications or DANE. So the government is blatantly trying to cover up the fact that their policies are killing and maiming Australians, Americans. The same thing is happening in the UK with the MHRA and their yellow card system. These things are being um, hidden from the public eye. 
Uh, and we know that a lot of people are being killed and their um, deaths or injuries are not being recorded. And we have gone through over three years, well, close to three years, of terrible, terrible discrimination while the people who made these policies have basically been encouraging um, discrimination, segregation, bullying, uh, all of these things uh, from the general public, from the medical community, and from the government itself. I'm going to share a, a short video, it's about five minutes long, from uh, an American um, podcaster named Jimmy Dore. He's a comedian, but he does a daily podcast as well. And, you know, I think that he came at this issue fairly recently. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about his history. If you know, please leave me a message in the comments and tell me. But he's talking about the discrimination against the people who did not take the COVID jab or the people who took the COVID jab became injured and then decided they weren't going to keep going. Uh, and we'll talk about that in another minute, too. So have a listen to this. Watch. The community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. Premier of Quebec, François Legault, announcing a Canadian first that the province is looking to implement a special tax on the unvaccinated unless they have a medical exemption. Nation by nation, Europe is turning into a two-tiered society in which those who refuse to be vaccinated will live under lockdown without full access to society or jobs, facing fines and even jail. Tonight, millions of unvaccinated Austrians on lockdown for at least the next 10 days, an order from the government as the country tries to slow the spread of the coronavirus. The unvaccinated have already been in lockdown for almost a month. And next year, we'll have to pay $4,000 in fines every three months unless they not only get vaccinated, but get booster shots. Germany's COVID restrictions have been so draconian, this German mother says her 10-year-old daughter wants to die. The uh, Philippine Commission on Human Rights warning government about implications of President Duterte's order to bar unvaccinated people from going outdoors. The CHR says the order may result in undue discrimination. You probably don't see like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated, that is what it is. So, yep, yep. The vaccine mandate has kicked in for more than a million authorised workers no longer allowed on site if they haven't had a jab. And there was never any science behind any of it. And that, and that doesn't outrage people. It outrages me, but it doesn't outrage the majority of people who voted for Joe Biden. It doesn't outrage the majority of people who are going to vote for Joe Biden. It doesn't outrage them. I was a Democrat my whole life. What happened that you stopped being outraged by being lied to by Big Pharma and the government in such an egregious way? Anyway, here we go. Back to this. And you let, and you turned into authoritarian Nazis. Just like that. Bodily autonomy out the window. My body, my choice. You bent yourself in a pretzel to get rid of that. Here we go. 
If an employer allows an unvaccinated staff member on site, they can be fined more than $21,000 and the business will be hit with almost a $110,000 fine. Workers who falsely claim they've had the jab will wear a $10,000 fine. There's people that don't want this mandatory vaccine. How do we manage well, it? Well, then they won't be going to work. Okay. It's very, very simple. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. Queensland is punishing unvaccinated teachers, docking their pay for the next 18 weeks. OK, oh. so we think it's safe enough for you to come in and to teach our kids in the classroom to do the job, but we're not going to pay you what we pay the other teachers. I don't know about this. The fingerprints of unvaccinated teachers in New York City were allegedly sent to the FBI with problem codes flagged on them. When the, the city puts oh. these problem codes on employees who have been terminated because of their unconstitutional policies, not only do they have this flag in their files, but their fingerprints are sent with that flag to the FBI and the New York Criminal Justice Services. With every teacher job, fingerprints are essential. So whatever job I decide to pursue, they will have to um, get my fingerprints and do the necessary search to see if there are any flags. And now I know I have these flags. Uh Anka Mraktaritaš, četvrti studeni 2021. Citiram, sada je trenutak da se kaže ljudima, ne možete više nigdje ako niste cijepljeni. This morning, it's a race against time for DJ Ferguson and his family. The 31-year-old father of two with a third baby on the way desperately needs a heart transplant. But his mother says Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston says DJ can't receive an organ donation because he won't get a COVID vaccine. It is almost common policy to say if you don't have all your vaccinations, including COVID, you're going to be less eligible for a transplant than other people who are going to do better with a scarce heart. Dr. Berecki, 23. travnja, citiram, svijet bi bio puno ljepši bez necijepljenih. Sramite se. Sram neka vas bude. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. That's a pretty extreme level of discrimination that we have seen. But Let's not forget what these people said, what these people did. I mean, how society devolved. It reminds me of The Lord of the Flies. I don't know how many of you ever read that book, but how um, in the book, a group of young boys, I don't remember if there's a plane crash, but somehow they ended up on this island with no adults. And they were all young teens, maybe 12, 13 years old. And within a very short space of time of being on this island and fending for themselves, they became absolute brutes. Um, I think one of them got killed, um, and it, it reminds me of what is happening now, that civilization, as we know it, um, has become so incredibly uncivilized, how easy it is for us to uh, once again slip into this uh, Nazi uh, you know, dobbing on your neighbor, dobbing on your mother and father. Uh, I know people who had family members uh, tell the police when they had people in their house, uh, more people than they were supposedly allowed to have. Um, let's not forget this because we don't ever want to be here again. And if you were one of those people who did that through fear or through whatever, um, 
have a really good hard look at yourself because I don't think that that's what you want to be. And I certainly don't think it's what the people around you want you to be. So we need to make sure that we don't allow this to happen again. And it is absolutely the government's intention um, that it does happen again. So um, we, we saw from those clips from Jimmy Dore that there has been an incredible amount of discrimination if you are in the community that either didn't take the jab or stopped jabbing after something happened or you just simply stopped. You know very well um, the way it feels. It's uh, it's, it's as if we are part of a minority group, though I think at this point in time, um, the minority may be getting close to the majority because what we've been seeing is um, a much lower acceptance of jabs and boosters than uh, the government would like. This is another Substack article. It was shared with me this afternoon by Phil Shannon. I'll have to write back to him and thank him because it's a very good article. Um, and it says, bury the lead. Now, I don't know how you pronounce this. When I 150 years ago, worked in typesetting. Um, a lead was the spacing between letters, but here it means something different. It's basically a, a, a piece of an article that you move further down um, so that it has less emphasis, and he explains that in his introduction. And what he's talking about is um, some information that came out of South Australia. Um, and in South Australia, there has been very poor acceptance of boosters, uh, and the government and the media are trying to use every excuse they possibly can as to why this is happening. Um, they're saying, and again, this article will be in the folder, so you'll have it, but if you want to look at um, the substack that this came from, that will also be in the folder, and you can get the link there. Um, they're saying that uh, we're losing concern about COVID. So people aren't just scared enough anymore. Um, so, we, you know, maybe we need to make them a little bit more afraid. Um, and finding out that the jab is manifestly failing on its own terms, 20% of the survey respondents, this information came from a survey and a fairly broad one, I think, from what I understand, said that they caught COVID-19 anyhow after having two or three doses. And I'll show you a bit more about that a little later in the show. Um, so they're saying that the reason people aren't taking the boosters is because they're not afraid of COVID anymore and they don't think the jab works. And probably that does play a role in here. But the lead burying <laughs> here is uh, this part. 31% of those surveyed said they would not get a fourth dose because they had side effects after getting previous doses. So almost a third of the people who answered this survey will not take any more COVID jabs because they were injured by previous jabs. We're told that injuries are one in a million. We're told that these things are so vanishingly rare. And yet one third of the people um, surveyed here, and I think this was a government survey from what I remember, um, have actually said that they were injured and that's why they're not taking the jab. What gaslighting? What gaslighting? That should have been the headline. 30% um, of South Australians say they will not take any more boosters because they were harmed by the vaccines previously. But that's not. They buried this um, information in the article and they have simply ignored 
the fact, I mean, they didn't ignore it completely because it is further down in the article, but how many people read an entire article? Most people read the headline, maybe the subhead, and the first paragraph or two. And that information needed to be up front where people would see it, and it wasn't, and that's intentional. And that's what this um, this uh, Substack article discusses. And it is a form of self-censorship from the government doing this, actually either hiding information further down in an article or hiding it completely. And censorship is something that is uh, has come out incredibly strongly. I mean, I got to tell you, I've been doing this for almost 30 years with the AVN, and we have been censored probably since about 2010, 2011. Not, not completely censored, but, uh, you know, we had shadow banning, we had, uh, you know, posts taken down, even posts that were based on, uh, you know, journal articles where we provided links to medical journal articles, posts were taken down occasionally. But in the last two to three years, um, the censorship has been on steroids, let's put it that way. And this is another Substack article, um, a Freedom of Information request on the government's role in censorship. And I don't know how many of you have been following the Twitter files in the United States um, since Elon Musk took on Twitter. And I don't really know how I feel about Elon Musk, but what I can tell you is since he took on Twitter, um, you get a lot more information on there than you did before. And I had been banned on Twitter. My account was suspended, permanently suspended, six months before Musk took over, and I'm back on. I'm still not able to follow people. I can follow like one or two people, and then I'm told I've had my limit, my limit. But... Um, but at least I can get on there, I can read it, people can follow me. Um, so this Freedom of Information request shows that the Department of Home Affairs um, in Australia uh, referred 4,213 social media posts that they believe to be in breach of the big tech platforms community guidelines. So how nice of the Department of Home Affairs to help Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these other places um, to to find these people who are breaching the terms of reference. Obviously, they're not well-funded enough to do this by themselves. We need the government with our tax dollars to be doing it for them. Um, this is this is a scandal. This is shameful. And, you know, it's happening all around the developed world. But the United States and the American social media platforms, Twitter, not Twitter anymore, sorry, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. I've been banned from LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, the AVN's uh, the AVN Australian Vaccination Network's Facebook page is permanently suspended. In one year, between 2021 and 2022, over a 12-month period, I had eight uh, 
uh, 8.30-day suspensions when I couldn't post or comment or like anything on Facebook. And right now I'm posting to Facebook, but nobody sees it because I am so shadow banned that even people who follow me can't see anything unless they just go to my page. This video is streaming to my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, but I'll I doubt that I'll have two or three views there. So um, the censorship is crazy. And YouTube banned me almost two years ago. So the YouTube channel got banned when I was uploading videos from the first Vaxxed Bus tour in Australia uh, with our actual Vaxxed Bus um, and um, these were stories of people who'd reacted to vaccines and they were sharing their personal stories. And we got two warnings uh, saying that we were posting misinformation and um, they were going, if I got a third warning, my account would be permanently suspended. And I decided I'm not going to stop because what difference does it make? If, if I can't speak, then there's no point in even being on YouTube. Oh yeah, and I was banned from... Um, what's it called? Vimeo. Vimeo also. Without even posting anything, I was banned there. So somehow there was a connection. And uh, Square, which is a, uh, a company that processes payments, they permanently banned um, the AVN's account in the middle of one of the VAX tours when we were incredibly busy. Uh, they just shut us down completely. So the censorship, the suppression, the attempt to squelch anyone with free speech um, has been going on for a while, but in the last three years, it's gotten far worse. Now, as I said, it's at least two years since my YouTube channel was taken down. And today, coincidentally, I got this notification from YouTube. Hi, Meryl Dory. We wanted to let you know that our team reviewed your content and we think it violates our medical misinformation policy. And it was a previous edition of Under the Wire that you can find on the AVN's website because all of the Under the Wires are archived there. And it was from 2020. I, don't, I didn't look up the exact date, but it was from 2020. And it says, will Australia have a mandated COVID-19 vaccine? And today, the 11th of June, 2023, YouTube told me that they were taking this video down. You can't see the video on YouTube anyway. I didn't even know where it was. And this is the stupidity of this policy is that even though this video was not accessible to anyone in the public, including myself, and even though the whole channel has been taken down, they are still contacting me to say that they're going to be deleting videos that have been put up three years ago. Um, it is, it's, it would be funny if it wasn't so sad um, that this is happening here. So we have a real censorship problem in the world today, not just in Australia, but in the world. And that's why one of the first things that you who are watching this now or watching this in the future can do to help overcome this censorship is to start sharing anything and everything that you see that you think has been throttled or shadow banned or people can't see it. If we repeat this, if we become the source of the information, then we can actually help to make sure that plenty of people get to see this. Share the rumble. Share the podcasts. Podcasts, unbelievable. I'm still on all of these podcast sites. I shouldn't say that, knock on wood. But, you know, we need to be the 
the people who are sharing this information um, and overcoming the censorship that the government is trying to hit us with because we've got a real problem. Um, we've got a government and agencies around the world, including the World Health Organization, that is actually trying to take over the world. That is not a joke. They are trying to take over the world, um, who are trying to take our freedoms away. And once that happens, if we allow it to happen, it's all over. So we have to start becoming active. I just want to share another couple of things, uh, or just one thing, actually. Um, I discussed before about the fact that people who get the COVID jab are more likely to get COVID than people who are not jabbed. And um, this is a fairly recent article. I don't have the date here for some reason. I think it's up there, but I can't see it because it's covered up by um, the information I have on the top of my screens. IgG4 antibodies induced by repeated vaccination may generate immune tolerance to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. Basically what that means in English is the more jabs you get, the more likely you are to not be able to develop natural immunity or any form of immunity to infection with the spike protein, which spike protein, who knows what that does. But um, sterilizing immunity is basically the immunity that you want. And generally, you do not get sterilizing immunity from any vaccine. Um, you get it from natural infection. And um, what they're finding, and we knew about this before the jab came out. I mean, SARS vaccines, were tr they were trying to develop SARS vaccines since 2003 that we know of, probably before then. And what they found was that the same thing we're getting with these jabs. It, the disease became much worse than the vaccinated, so they never released the jabs. Uh, now we don't care whether or not the people who get the jabs get sick or die because that's possibly the whole intent of them. But here we have the government in Australia still recommending that young people, children, older people get these jabs knowing that not only does it not prevent infection or transmission of anything, but it can actually increase your risk of getting the disease that it's meant to prevent. Um, and also, if you look at the last um, sentence here, uh, repeated mRNA vaccination with high antigen concentrations may also cause autoimmune diseases and promote cancer growth and autoimmune myocarditis in suspected indiv in susceptible individuals. Hello, what are we seeing in the community now? Huge numbers of people developing new autoimmune diseases, people who were already suffering from autoimmune diseases, having worse problems or relapses of their conditions after taking the jabs. Turbo cancers, people being diagnosed with cancer after having no cancer and being in stage four immediately, or people who had cancer that was in remission and the cancer comes back immediately after getting the jab, and people dying days after getting a cancer diagnosis, which just doesn't happen. Uh, and of course, the myocarditis, the pericarditis, the myopericarditis, all of these heart conditions, the strokes, uh, the seizures, all of these things happening in young children, in healthy adults, and in the elderly. We are seeing all of this. This is not unknown information. It's only unknown in the general community. It's only unknown in the doctors who never actually read the medical literature. We know about it. 
The doctors who are no longer administering these jabs know about it. The government knows about it. The Department of Health knows about it. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation knows about it. The World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization know about it. These are criminal cabals that are killing and injuring Australians, Americans, Europeans, everywhere around the world that they have spread this death jab. People are dying and they know that this was intended to kill people. How do we know that? Because if it wasn't intended to kill people, it would have been withdrawn. If it wasn't intended to kill people, this information was known before it was ever released. It never would have been released. So we need to let people know this information. This is from a medical journal. And it is from May 2023, I can see it now. So um, this is very, very recent information. But We've known about this since 2003 at the very least. And um, if you want to know a reason why you have to become active on this issue and not just be quiet and hope that nobody sees you, let's look at this next thing. Now, this booklet, whatever you want to call it, this booklet from, um, uh, from the UK uh, is in the folder with all the information uh, that... I'm sharing tonight. So you can have the whole booklet. It's called The Future of Urban Consumption in a 1.5 degree Celsius World. Um, and the two organizations, well, the University of Leeds, I don't know what their connection is, but ARUP is uh, an organization that is funded by government. I only took a quick look at it. I'd never heard of it before. Um, but, you know, they have a whole list of funders who are the evil cabal, and they are talking about sustainable development. There is an ARUP in Australia. I think they're in most countries that the United Nations is in. And C40 Cities is the same. They're talking about sustainable development of cities. Now, these four pages I'm going to be sharing with you are taken directly from this booklet. I wanted to make sure that I had the source there because when you look at it, you may think, oh, Meryl, you made this up. Nothing like this could be happening. It's happening. And if we allow it to happen, it's over. So this is, um, they're talking about different measures that can be taken in the years ahead. Uh, so this one is progressive target in 2030 an ambitious target in 2030. So progressive is we're going to be really nice to you. We're going to take things slow. But ambitious target is you're dying. That's it. So the first one deals with food consumption and interventions. There will allow 16 kilos of meat per person per year if they're being nice. If they're not being nice, you will eat the bugs. Zero kilos of meat per person per year. Um, dairy consumption, milk or derivative equivalent per person per year, 90 kilos per year. Um, and how will they know this? Because they'll be putting in central bank digital currency and they will know what you purchase. In New York, in just the last week, the New York City um, mayor has announced that um, they are going to be using tracking on your shopping. And if you buy more than a certain amount of meat, you will not be allowed to buy any more. So this is happening. This is not science fiction. It's not fiction. This is what they intend. We need to be active. Um, 2,500 kilocalories 
per day. I don't know what kilocalories. I've always just seen calories, but 2,500 calories per person per day. Um, and ha, you're lucky you can't eat meat and you can't have dairy, but you're still allowed 2,500 calories. So maybe these, these, um, these bugs have a lot of calories in them. I don't know. Um, let's look at the next one. And this is consumption. Let me just make this a little bigger because I can't see it. Uh, consumption. Uh, interventions for private transport and associated targets. Um, this is uh, reduce ownership. 190 vehicles per 1,000 people. That's the progressive target. The ambitious target is you will own nothing and be happy. No vehicles. Uh, optimum lifetime. 20-year lifetime for body of vehicles. So they want to make sure that the vehicles that you're able to purchase, those 190 per thousand, will last for at least 20 years. Um, the ambitious target is 50 years uh, for the shell and the interior. And material efficiency, 50% reduction in the use of metals and plastic materials. Um, the next page is consumption interventions for clothing and textiles, an associated target. Reduce the number of clothing and textile items. Um, you will be naked and you will be happy. Uh, eight new clothing items per person per year, and that's the progressive target. The ambitious target is three new clothing items per person per year. You will wear rags and you will like it. Uh, reduce wastes in the supply chain. 50% reduction in supply chain waste is the progressive target. 75% reduction is the ambitious target. They don't tell us how they're going to achieve these goals, but one can only guess it's not going to be any fun for us. And the last slide is aviation consumption intervention. Um, uh, this study modeled two interventions for reducing consumption emissions from aviation across C40 cities. I don't know if C40 cities are the same as safe cities. I have a funny feeling they might be. So reduce number of flights. You will be allowed in both of these. Hey, we're lucky. You'll be allowed in both the progressive and the ambitious target in 2020, I'm oh, sorry, in 2030, one short haul return flight of less than 15 kilometers every two years per person. So someone like me who came from the United States and wants to visit my, my family there, I won't be able to because that is like 10,000 kilometers, 15,000 kilometers away. So I will not be allowed to do that. And I won't be able to go to the west coast of Australia because that's well over 3,000 kilometers. Um, I might be able to go to Melbourne. I'm not sure how far that is. I don't think I could get to Cairns. Um, and I can't get to Darwin. Uh, so only one flight every two. Oh, I see there is a difference. The progressive target is one flight every two years uh, per person. And the ambitious target is one flight every three years. And if you actually believe that carbon in the atmosphere is a problem, do me a favor. Hang up now. Don't watch this show anymore. Don't come back because carbon is not the problem. The people who are saying carbon is the problem are the problem. Um, sustainable aviation fuel. I don't know what they're going to run it on solar. 53% sustainable aviation fuel adopted or other equivalent low carbon 
technology fuel, and the ambitious target is 100% low-carbon technology or fuel. So they have our future planned out for us. This is their dystopian vision for us. You can bet that the people who did this are going to be taking as many flights in their private jets as they want, are going to have a fleet of private vehicles with chauffeurs to drive them around. It's us plebes, um, us peons, us serfs who will be providing all of that for them. And we will be the ones who are trapped in our 15-minute ghettos, who will not be allowed to travel anywhere, not allowed to see our family in constant lockdown, wearing masks like slaves have always done. If we do not step up and start being active on this. Now, I'd like to show you one last very short video This is from the World Health Organization meeting, um, and this is a doctor who is, I forget his title, but he's co-chair of the, um, I think it's co-chair of the meeting that has just been held on the IHR, the International Health Regulations and the World Health Organization Treaty. This is something that we all need to be active on. You need to follow James Raguski or Raguski, I don't know how to pronounce it, I do apologize, on Substack, and Dr. Rima Lebau on um, on Natural Solutions Foundation and Genocide 2030. She's got two websites. You need to follow them, you need to become informed, and you need to get active. You need to make an appointment to see your federal member of parliament and tell them in no uncertain terms that Australia must not be it must, sorry, it's not that we can't ratify the treaty. The treaty is already ratified. It's that we need to exit the WHO. And all that takes is for Albo, if he's still prime minister next week, or whoever is the prime minister, to write to the World Health Organization and say, thanks, but no thanks. We want to get out of this organization. Watch this next video and tell me if you think we really want to be in this group. The world, however, requires a different level of legal mandates, such as the pandemic treaty, to navigate through a particular pandemic, should one occur, and it will. Prioritizing actions that may restrict individual liberties, mandating and sharing of information, knowledge, and resources, and most importantly, providing fund for pandemic control efforts are all necessary during a pandemic. The means to carry out these actions are simply not carried, not currently at hand. Ladies and gentlemen, the path ahead is arduous, but we are making progress. The commitment made by member states to uphold and strengthen the IHR serves as an inspiration for the work of the WGIHR. The final package of proposed amendments for the WGIHR process will be submitted to the Director General in January 2024 for consideration by the 77th World Health Assembly. I thank you. Okay, so two things I want to point out there. Number one, he said that there will be another pandemic. How does he know? How does he know? I mean, how long has it been since we've had anything that we call the pandemic? Um, you know, and that was actually deadly. I mean, we've called plenty of things pandemic. There's been SARS and MERS and Ebola and all these things, but they weren't pandemics. 
Um, the, the worst one was probably the swine flu, which was caused by a combination of masking and vaccination. But, um, you know, it's, it's been over 100 years since that happened. And now all of a sudden we're having pandemics every every time we turn around. The other thing he said is that during a pandemic, we will need to restrict personal liberties. Uh, I'm sorry, you're not going to restrict my personal liberties. Give me liberty or give me death. That's what I say. And I'd prefer not to have death. I'd rather have liberty. So um, we need to be active on this. As I said, follow James Roguski, follow Dr. Rima Leibow, um, and not just follow them, but take action yourself. We need to be very vocal on this. We need to be, um, there's Australia Exit the Who is a website that you can go to. I bought the postcards. I meant to bring them in here. Uh, I forgot to, um, so I could show them to you, but they have postcards that you can send off to the politicians to say they're already written. All you got to do is put a stamp on them and sign them. And um, you can tell them that you want them to get out of the World Health Organization. And as I did interview Dr. Leibow, um, I don't know if it was a week ago or two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago. And what she said is we've done this before. We've actually overcome these things before. And it's not going to happen if 100 people take action or 1,000 people or even 10,000 people. We need millions of people getting off their butts and actually taking action. I can give you the steps. I can tell you, and I will write a substack about this this week. I'll tell you that. Um, I can give you the steps and the actions. Actually carrying them out is up to you. And that includes sharing this um, making sure that you contact your members of parliament, that you buy the postcards. I think it's $5 for the pack. Um, and that you uh, talk to everybody you possibly can. Australia Exit the Who also has flyers, and I've been putting them out. Um, and the Light newspaper has information in there. And my substack and many other substacks have information in there. Being informed is being ready for to take action when action is necessary and action is necessary now. So I want to make sure that everybody who is watching this is aware of how serious this situation is. Look at your children, look at your grandchildren, look at the people that you care about. Do you want them to be prisoners and slaves? Because that's where we're going to be if we don't take action. Um, and we can do this, but we have to do it in numbers. It's not going to be accomplished by, uh, you know, hundreds of us taking action. It's only going to be accomplished by millions of us doing it in Australia and tens of millions in the United States and tens of millions in Europe. We need to make sure that we are at the front line of getting out of this evil and murderous organization, the World Health Organization, and that we tell our government we're not going to stand for it uh, because the alternative is just too dreadful to consider. Um, I, I don't know. I wish, I wish I could see more comments. I have one person that I'm able to see comments for, um, and I will check back um, in the next few days for other uh, comments to see if people have joined in afterwards and are looking at this. But it's a bit frustrating. When I was on Facebook, I could see all the comments and had great chats with people as they were watching. And I just can't do this now because we're not on Facebook anymore. But 
Um, if you would like to contact me for any information or any reason, the email address is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at informed choice, I-N-F-O-R-M-E-D, choice. Oops, sorry, I'm giving you the wrong address. <laughs> you can contact me through my informed choice on a Substack, but it's it is admin at myinformedchoice.com.au. Send through an email. Um, I do read all the emails I get. Sometimes I fall behind because I do get a lot of messages, but I'd love to hear from you. And if you have any guests that you think should be on the show and that you'd like to see uh, come on, uh, please let me know. Send me an email and say, I'd love to see you interview this person or that person. And if I can get them on, I will be happy to do so. Um, there are a lot of great people out there whose uh, information, knowledge, and experience we can benefit from. So uh, let's just work together and see how we go. Um, until next week. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. I hope you've gotten some good, useful information out of it. Uh, Meryl Dory signing off from Under the Wire, and I will see you next Sunday night. Okay, take care, everyone, and see you later.